Good Thursday morning. How you doing? This is Med with shots from the sidelines coming in from Bluffton, South Carolina. Chilling with my boy Seth. What's up, bro? What up, Med? Ready to be back. Almost time. Almost football season. Two more weeks, right? Two more weeks. Two more weeks. Well, we got a good show for y'all today. We are talking about the first week of preseason. We're going to have a little bit NBA Hall of Fame was inductees were in the house the other night. Um, also, with uh, the six-pack, we're going to be diving into the AFC East, a very competitive division. And Seth's got a little treat for you as far as SEC is concerned. Nuggets. Nuggets. So, uh, before we actually get into all that, there's one thing that actually came up uh, the other day that uh, I really want to touch up on a little bit. And, uh, well, well, we're going to let the man talk for himself. And I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. So if you didn't really catch what was going on, James Harden was over in China, I believe, this over the week and everything. And he uh, basically went all in on his GM after uh, basically a botch trade with the Clippers and he really wants to go over there. He really wants to get out of Philadelphia. And a lot of people are calling this a really big leverage move on this part. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, James Harden, he's, he's been hanging, you know, the, the trade thing over their heads for a while now. First it was Houston. Now it was the Clippers. Uh, it just, I don't know. It, it rubs me the wrong way, you know, calling out your GM like that. I mean, Harden's still a good player, but he's not nearly as good as he thinks he is. Uh, you know, there was talk about him being like just hungry and maybe maybe a MVP candidate this coming up season. I mean, please, maybe five years ago. Yeah, no, five years ago exactly. It when he was in Houston, he was an absolute beast. He was, and yeah. you know, as far as like what's going on right now, I know he's getting some support from some retired players. Andre Iguodala is one of them, but he's no longer the guy. He's more of a guy. And, you know, above average guy, if you want to say that. I mean, he could still miss threes like no other. And, he, you know, he did – someone brought up that he he's had like eight as average data assist over the last couple of years, but he's not no longer the dude. No, nothing on that team. Uh, I mean, you know, what is he, like number three piece on that team now? But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's just not a good look to me. Uh, I mean, I think he just thought his value was more than what what it actually was when you talk about what the offers were, you know, from Houston and the Clippers. So, obviously, it wasn't enough for the Sixers. No, it wasn't. And, I mean, you're not just going to give up someone. I mean, he still can put buckets on the board and everything like that. But at the same time, like you said, it's just not a good move in my eyes. And if I was a GM for any team at that point, if he would have did this, I would have been like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. But – uh. Going on to some people that have a lot more class and everything. The exactly. NBA 2023 Hall of Fame class got inducted. There were 12 members all together, but we we're only going to do the headliners in our eyes. And uh, the headliners were Dirk, Dwayne Wade, Greg Popovich, Tony Parker, and your boy Paul Gasol. Phenomenal class. I mean, I didn't realize until last week what a good class this was. Mm-hmm. I mean, just some outstanding players. Uh, you were talking about the number of championships they won between them. I mean, Fifteen. Real. I mean, Parker was four. What Wade with two or three? three. Gasol with two. Um, Dirk had one. 
and Popovich has five, and he's right now the wingiest coach of all time, but he's still coaching. And when I saw that he was actually inducted in the Hall of Fame, I was like, holy shit, did he retire last year? Mm, I didn't know about it. He's got to be in his 70s, but he just looks like he's still full of energy. Just a phenomenal coach. And, I mean, not only a great group of players, but some of the nicest, you know, just Mm -hmm. best character guys you can think of in those four. I mean, those guys were just class acts. Yeah, and I mean – and the crazy thing is, is a lot of people always speak up about what happened between Dirk and uh, Dwayne during the finals and everything when the mm-hmm. whole sniffles thing came mm-hmm. up during that one game, and then Dirk just basically buried the Heat after that. Yeah, yeah, Dirk just was unreal that series. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, Powell was really the missing piece for the Lakers after yes. you know Kobe lost Shaq, so he'll always have a special place in my heart. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know what to say. That's that's just the best class I can recall recently. Oh, recently, yeah. I mean, Paul, uh, other stats and everything just like really touch up on some things between Dirk and Dwayne Wade. There were twenty seven All Star uh, appearances. Uh, Greg Popovich had won Coach of the Year three times, and Tony Parker is one of five players with over nineteen thousand points and seven thousand assists. Jeez. I was like. Whoa. And I mean, three of those guys, foreign players. That's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. Powell, Tony, and Dirk. Uh, Dirk. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the European influence, you can see how much, you know, that, that's seeped into the NBA and just some great players. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I mean, kudos to all five of them. There were other people that were actually inducted. One of them, well, a whole team, the 1976 women's national team in basketball got inducted interesting I missed that. and a few other people like with the WNBA got inducted but i mean it really a really humble class kind of yep. like what you said and i mean Dwayne wade great humanitarian uh tony parker i mean he was married to eva longolia i mean that's really <laughs> his life accomplishment He's right winner there. all around wasn't he <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, it was a really good. Uh, it was really cool to actually see that. Did you know that Dirk had over thirty-one thousand points? Jesus, I mean, it seemed like he was around for a long time, but you know, he really didn't have a ton of help around him. Some of those mm-hmm. seasons, kind of like Luca right now, you know, he was carrying the load for a lot of those seasons. So yeah, props to him for getting that one title. I mean, I don't think anybody thought they really had a shot against the Heat in that no, series. Not that, and heat. he just carried them. Yeah. And, you know, and like you said, with Paul Casal, he had over 20,000 points and 11,000 rebounds. Uh, Dwayne Ritt, Wade, I, you know, he had 23,000 points. And, Jeez. I mean, it, yeah, one thing about Paul is I think he had that soft label until he came over from Memphis. You know, oh, no. Kobe really uh, took him under his wing, and those two guys formed such a tight friendship. And, I mean, how he that killer instinct. Yeah, I mean, you can see the difference once he came over after that first year with the Lakers. So, yeah, I mean, I miss all those guys, just some terrific players. Yeah, and, I mean, that's going to be a hard class to actually follow. And, like, all these guys, pretty much all their numbers have been retired by their respective teams. I mean – I still think that Heat team is basically Dwayne Wade's team, even with LeBron and Shaq, you know, during those years. Mm -hmm. It'll always be, to me, uh, Wade's team. No, and, I mean, we talked about that briefly with uh, Patrick and everything. And when LeBron was there, I thought LeBron was the man. But also, at the same time, Dwayne Wade was the glue. He was the reason why they – him and Bosh went there. Uh, I think Bosh will have a chance to make it to the NBA uh, Hall of Fame. That'll be a close one, yeah. But – it's. I mean, he's got the resume, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, 
Speaking of uh, people getting moved around and everything, we are going to talk a little bit preseason football. And this other guy, not Aaron Rodgers, but Derek Carr actually had a really good showing with his debut. Going oh six God. for eight, 70 yards and a touchdown. And Alvin Kamara, you know, evidently that workout regimen of pounding on people's faces. Yeah, it paid uh, off. It paid off. He actually had a lot to say on that one drive. He had looked a, like he had fresh legs. I mean, obviously it's the beginning of the season, but yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised to even see him in the game. But, it was a little shocking for me yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr looked good. I mean, just marched right down the field, took it in. You know, no problem. And it was it wasn't like it was against a scrub team. I mean, I understand it's preseason, folks. We're talking preseason. It's still football, though. It's still football. These guys, for the most part, the people that you're actually watching now after they turned it down from four games to three is you're going to be watching the bench warmers because those are the guys that are trying to make the team. Those mm-hmm. are the special teamers. That's your depth. That's your depth because these guys, like Alvin Kamara, he's going to be gone for three games this year. Mike Thomas, he made a catch, <laughs> so there was a Mike Thomas. I was going to say a sodding, a Mike Thomas sodding. <laughs> You know, he's only played in 10 games in the last three seasons. This will be number 11, I guess. But that playing carried over into the regular season. We'll oh, yeah. And uh, so also talking about, you know, uh, performances, one that was one for not the ages was Trey Lance. His stat line is a huge lie. Uh, he went 10 for 15 for 121 yards and a TD that should have been an interception where the Raiders got blown out. And on the flip side of that, uh, the Raiders had a, a rookie from Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, it feels like they're like a quarterback factory right now. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, who went 15 for 18 with 141 yards and a TD and a rating of 117. What's your ideas on both of this? I mean, well, I mean, first of all, with Lance, he just didn't look comfortable. You know, just he was under pressure part most of the time, but his throws just didn't look crisp. You know, yeah. they weren't on target. The one that got tipped i guess that should have been intercepted you know you got lucky uh i mean it just it didn't look good i mean that kind of tells you why they went with purdy last year and why he hasn't been able to to win that job uh you know i know it's just one outing but yeah if, if you're a 49er fan you can't feel good about that and then o'connell i've watched him a lot at purdue uh just a very accurate passer you know he's not going to blow you away with his arm talent mm-hmm. but he just gets the ball where it needs to go on time you know, when the receiver's coming out of that break. So I think they've got a solid backup, at least, for the future. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, if anything, he'll be able to push Garoppolo a little bit because of the injury history that he has. And another thing on Trey Lance is, you know, when I watched the highlights and everything as far as that game goes, he did take four sacks in which he really didn't have to do it. And it really and truthfully, it looked like Sam Darnold actually outplayed him a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Towards the end. So I'm wondering if Trey Lance has kind of played himself out of a potential backup job. He may have. I mean, you heard a lot of trade rumors, you know, going in and during the offseason about him and, you know, with with uh, Darnold and obviously as long as Purdy can get back to healthy, we may have seen the, the last of Trey Lance. Yeah. And but, uh, yeah, I mean, there were some other good showings, you know, obviously the rookie quarterbacks. I never going to touch on that, but mm-hmm. out of all those guys who would have thought Stetson Bennett would have had the best numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of crazy when you think about it, especially I think he was drafted. Was it the third, third or fourth, round? wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Middle of the the middle of the draft, but the guy that was picked up at the very front was uh, Bryce Young, and he actually took a little bit of a beating. Um, it's going to be a rough year for Carolina. Their offensive line just looked like straight hot garbage. And 
you know, out of seven pass attempts, he got smacked on three of them. I mean, he got leveled on once. a couple of hits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he completed a few short passes, but nothing really down the field from what I saw. So, I mean, obviously his size, the injury thing is a concern. Uh, offensive line, yeah, they're going to have to do better than that if mm-hmm. he's going to last a full season. But, I mean, also Stroud, uh, Levis, three interceptions, mm-hmm. you know, none of those guys really looked terrific. They didn't play much, but still, you know, first impressions, you know, you just – you know, it's yeah. going to be kind of tough years for those guys just getting their feet wet. And another one that kind of struggled was, of course, much ballyhooed uh, fourth pick, Anthony Richardson, who uh, the new went, starter, <laughs> uh, the new starter for, you know, I don't get it. You got Gunnar Minshew there and, you know, he went seven for 12 with 61 yards and an interception. He ran the ball, which was supposed to be his forte, you mm-hmm. know, good scrambling quarterback, but he got seven yards on those two carries. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different, you know, running the ball in this league as opposed to the SEC. I mean, there's some good good defense in the SEC, but NFL is a different ball game. So, I mean, I think the guy obviously is uber talented. I uh, was surprised to see him named starter this quickly, and even he was surprised. Uh, so, I guess Ursa is just going to sink or swim, you know, just put him out there and see what happens. Well, hopefully they don't put him out too early enough to where it actually de- – de- you know, hinders his development as a quarterback. You right. know, same thing with Bryce Young because if when you start taking hits like that, I mean, that I mean, I I think of Derek, uh, not Derek Carr, but David Carr. Uh-huh. And when he went to the Texans, the amount of abuse that he took, I mean, he was He's criminal. Yeah, I mean, the dude set a record for being sacked seventy times, seventy six times. I mean, it was up there. Yeah. And it's a record you definitely don't want to hit, but I think Carolina has a good chance if their offensive line plays like they did the other day. I didn't realize their offensive line was that questionable. You know, I thought they had, you know, a decent offensive line. But, yeah, it didn't look good in that game. Maybe they had some guys out. Uh, One thing I was going to ask you is how long can Justin Fields maintain this perfect uh, QB rating? Uh, Probably (laughs) until the first game. (laughs) Uh, Three for three with two touchdown passes, a 60-yard hookup with DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. You know, it looked really, really good. Obviously, this got a couple series in, but, man, what a difference, you know, having a big-time receiver will do. Yes. So you got to be excited about that. Oh, I'm definitely excited. I'm trying to, like, really contain myself, though, because, I mean, after all, it is the preseason. But, you know, like everyone else, you kind of overreact a little bit when you see something like this because uh, when he did it, he was doing it up against second stringers. And there's a huge drop-off between yeah, first true. and second. And, but it is a huge plus, even yeah, though let's it was get that confidence two going. screens. Yeah. I mean – and they took it to the house. I was really excited about the fact that I watched the offensive line block downfield. Right. And that's really what sprung Herbert for his touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, three for three, 121. If you could do that every game, I mean, by all I'll means. Take it. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, doesn't have to run for his life every game, hopefully. Yeah. Exactly. Throw 12 times next time. The one other thing that I, I noticed in a couple of games is there's a couple backup running backs that are – you know, they weren't drafted high. One of them was a free agent, but they're sneaky good in mm-hmm. speed backs. You know, the guy from San Diego, Elijah Dotson. I liked him. Put on a show. Uh, and then you also have Vaughn from the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Had a really good game. Both just like little midgets out there, but mm-hmm. just speed demons. So that's two guys that kind of keep your eye on, like if you're fancy drafters, towards, you know, the later rounds. And I mean, I didn't really get to see Vaughn too much. I haven't really, I didn't really watch the Dallas Cowboys, but I can tell you from what I saw with Dotson, he reminded me a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say Austin Eckler, but more of a Darren Sproles. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he, once he hit that edge, he was gone. Yeah, you can't find him. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just so crazy. And I mean, another short running back I think about in the past that a lot of people struggled with tackling because he was so short was Maurice Jones Drew from the Jaguars. Yeah. Back that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, they've got some depth now. You know, I always talk about the Chargers not having anything behind Eckler, but, you know, this guy might be valuable, even free agent. So undrafted free agent. Yeah. Well, also at the same time, seeing you just brought up running backs that potentially could be undrafted free agents or free agents. Mm -hmm. uh, Zeke went to the Pats. I thought it was kind of comical. I heard an expert compare it to the Corey Dillon uh, <laughs> acquisition Jeez. from uh, the Patriots back in the day. Which I'm sure the Patriots are hoping that's what it is. Oh, I, I would want the No, I wouldn't want it, but uh, I would think that most – Patriot fans would want that because, I mean, that kicked off uh, two more Super Bowl titles for right. the Pates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, Zeke has much left in the tank. I mean, he dipped under, what was it, 3.8 yards of carry last season. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, the guy's yeah. still good, I guess, in short yardage. But the Dalvin Cook signing, I thought that was pretty solid by the Jets. Yes. Gives them some good depth with Brees Hall coming back from that injury. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it gives them a lot of insurance as well because, I mean, who would you start, though? I mean, would you go with Dalvin Cook or would you go with Brees Hall? That's tough. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, with the recovery of ACLs these days is a lot quicker than it used to be. So, obviously not seeing uh, Brees Hall up close. You know, I don't know if he's 100% yet, but yeah, that's a tough call. Mm. Well, but it's two good options, though. Yeah, it is. And uh, also, one other thing that I actually touched up on with Seth right before we got onto the show was Jimmy Graham, former Saints great tight end is actually returning to the Saints and he has a realistic chance of making a roster. What's your deal well, on that? I can't believe he's still around. I mean It shocked me. Yeah, the last few times I've seen him, you know, it didn't seem like the same player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean he's you know, he's still got good size, he's still got decent speed, but I just didn't see him making many plays, so Yeah, the last uh time I saw him is the last time we actually went the to the playoffs Bay. and he caught basically the last touchdown of the game and kind of walked off like, Yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, he's but, still uh, still cocky apparently, but I don't know. I mean, I guess they don't have uh, you know many options in New Orleans, but yeah. yeah, if he can contribute, then I'm pretty sure he will be able to. If anything, he you know he could probably find a fountain of youth, uh, very similar as what happened with Antonio Gates when you know he was in and out of the lineup when Hunter Henry first came over in San Diego. But you're also oh, yeah. talking about Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure they would take that. Yeah, uh, I I would too. Well, that pretty much does it with the leadoff for right now. And we'll, when we be back, we will be talking about AFC East. Yeah, baby. All right, we are back. And Seth, are you ready to go ahead and crack this six-pack open? I'm ready. I already cracked one open. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started then. It was another year of heartbreak for Josh Allen and the Bills that ended with a thud against the Bengals 27-10 in the division round of the playoffs. The offense was seemingly unstoppable at times last year, but would struggle due to no rushing threat and no consistent second receiving threat outside of Stephon Diggs. The defense was good, especially with Von Miller being at it last year, but seemed to take a step back once he went down. In the offseason, they drafted Dalton Kincaid and Osiris Torres in the first and second rounds. In free agency, they added Puna Ford and Taylor Rape uh, after watching Tremaine Edmonds leave to go to the Bears. 
Are the Bills stuck in that good but not great scenario that can possibly keep them from reaching the Super Bowl this year? Man, I think that's definitely the case with the Bills. I mean, they're really good, but not better than the Chiefs or Bengals to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they did enough in the offseason. They really didn't have a lot of money to spend. And uh, I mean, I, I like their first two picks, Torrance and also uh, Kincaid. But I think Kincaid is very similar to Knox. You know, I don't think there's a big difference there. They might just run some two tight end stuff. But Torrance, uh, I think a lot of people had him as a first round talent, slipped to the second round. So I think he's a really good pickup at offensive guard. So I did like that, uh, make him a little more physical up there. Uh, you know, running back, they, you know, they, they lost one guy. Was it Singletary? Mm-hmm. So now you got Cook and you bring in Harris uh, from the Patriots. They also lost Zach Moss. That's true. Yeah, Zach Moss, who was kind of like up and down, yeah. never really consistent there. But I kind of like Harris a little bit. Uh, you know, still have like a speed and power back now right. with Cook and Harris. So I don't think they dropped, you know, lost anything there. But yeah, the wide receiver thing you mentioned with the depth being concerned after Diggs is, is definitely something. Uh, that has to worry on you know Davis kind of slipped a little bit last year. Agreed. After two years ago, having you know a pretty good season, uh, so they picked up a couple free agents, the offensive line, but you know neither one of them were world beaters, just average players. Getting Miller back if he's healthy, I mean that's a huge deal. We saw the difference, you know, when he was out compared to when he was playing last year, and they took a you know they took a big slide back as far as getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, linebackers they lost a couple guys. At linebacker, still have Milano. Uh, the secondary, I do like the secondary. Pretty solid there. Tredavious White, you know, uh, Elon. There's some pretty solid players back there. Maybe not all pros. But, you know, I just don't think they did enough. I think they're just, you know, like still on the cusp. But, you know, after they got beat the way they did by the Bengals at home last year, you know, what, what did they do, you know, that's going to make you confident they can beat them this year? And, you know, and that's kind of what I want to really hit home because there is a old saying that, you know, as far as like the NBA or any real sport goes, that if you're not either at the top, you need to be at the bottom. So that way you can get the talent that you need in the draft to get you to the top. Dalton Kincaid is actually a really good receiving tight end. He has some good hands and everything. And then as far as that goes, he's an upgrade over uh, Dawson Knox from that standpoint. Now, athletically wise, I would go with Dawson Knox. Uh, they did get uh, Dorian Williams, a linebacker from Tulane, who is a tackle machine. Mm-hmm. He might be able to actually help out with the fact that Tremaine Edmonds is no longer with the Bills, but it's Tremaine Edmonds. Right. Yeah, and I don't think as a rookie he's going to come in and have no, that kind of impact. No, no, he's not even going to kill it. And as far as uh, just not only Damian Harris, they also picked up Latavius Murray, who is a really good, solid, short yardage still, running back. Still kicking somehow. Still Feels doing like he's it. been in the league forever. Now, there is one uh, draft pick that a lot of people ain't really making a lot of noise on, and it is that they drafted Justin Shorter, a wide receiver from Florida, who's 6'4 and 225 pounds. He is a big, bigger possession receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he had big numbers at Florida, but, you know, it, it still maybe provides some depth. You know, uh, somebody that's a little bit different body type. I think about the size that he has in uh, the run game. Not the run game, but uh, the passing game towards the red zone. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that, you know. Those 50-50 balls, like in the corners. Yeah. And, I mean, they're returning 19 starters uh, out of 22, which is also good because they all know the schemes and everything like that. But, like you said, I mean, I just don't really see them really doing enough to really – 
elevate their them past the Chiefs or Bengals. And in some ways, I think that uh, one of the rivals that we're about to talk about may have actually passed them. And with that being said, let's go on to number two. Dolphins are going all in this year after a trade with Jalen Ramsey that goes with the trade for Bradley Chubb last season. They also signed away David Long Jr. from the Titans to try to get the defense to be on par with the offense, which lies the real question in the form of Tua Tolo Volga and his health concerns. Last year was his best season yet, but he has not played a full season since being drafted in 2020. Mike White was brought in from the Jets as an insurance policy and has the arm talent to take advantage of the rare speed combo of Hill and Waddle, who were targeted 287 times last year. Jacecki is gone, leaving for the Patriots, but they returned 20 out of 22 starters this year. Will the Dolphins come out on top of a stacked AFC East and do something they haven't done since 1984 and make a Super Bowl appearance? Hmm. Well, I want to leave a little suspense until we actually predict our standings at the end, but I probably like their roster the best in the division right now, just from a talent standpoint. Uh, unbelievable speed uh, at wide receiver with Hill and Waddle, just a couple of just outstanding receivers. I never thought Waddle would be this good this quickly, but Hill showed you know that he doesn't necessarily have to have Mahomes to have a huge season last year. Um, they're going again with the running back committee, it seems like, and picked up another running back with Devin A. Chain, mm-hmm. another speedster from Texas another A&M. Home, another home run hitter. Yeah, I mean, you still got Mostert. You know, it's just like, what, Wilson? Tons of running backs there. You know, one guy is probably not going to get 30 carries or 25 mm-hmm. carries, but all three of them will probably get, you know, 10, 12 uh, carries. But the offensive line, to me, appears to be the weak link. Uh Hopefully this season they'll have Terry and Armstrong healthy for a full season because he's definitely the best of the bunch. Offensive line, when I was looking at unit rankings, you know, they're down towards like low 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, just no no uh, all NFL players on that offensive line. Uh, the defense, though, I mean, God, the front seven is phenomenal looking. You know, they had some problems with secondary last year, but front seven looks great. I mean, you got Wilkins, obviously Chubb. I mean, they're just, they're stout. Uh, I mean, not Jerome Baker. Yeah, I they, mean, they just, I think they might have been first or second against the rush last year. And yeah. I, I assume they'll be that way this year. Uh, I mean, obviously the Ramsey injury kind of hurt a little bit, you know, depending on how long he's out. But they did pick up Cam Smith from South Carolina in the pick. second round. Great and pick. he's actually looked pretty good in practice. They said he's even filled in at starting corner a little bit. Uh, so I think the secondary is going to be better than it was last year, which it really was their Achilles heel mm-hmm. last year. So if Ramsey comes back healthy towards the end of the year, that should be golden. I mean, the million-dollar question, obviously, is still to a, mm-hmm. can he stay healthy? Can he not take those wicked hits, you know, where he keeps getting concussed and offensive line protect him a little bit more? I mean, when he was playing, they looked like one of the most explosive offenses in the league, and I think they can do that again this year. So I, I expect big things from the Dolphins. Yeah, and in the 13 games he played and everything, he passed for 25 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. So, I mean, he really progressed very, very much so. But at the same time, I mean, he, the dude was just getting destroyed. And, you know, that's why they brought in, I think, a lot of people don't realize how important it was for them to get Mike White because that takes advantage of that speed that they have on the outside. I mean, yeah, definitely you know, upgrade over Scholar Thompson for sure. Definitely. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was there as well, and he too got beat up. I mean, the offensive line is just not the greatest. And, 
You know, uh, they did pick up Braxton Berrios, so they got two former Jets that came in. I like Berrios. Yeah, another smaller, quick receiver. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if anything, it feels like they're lacking, you know, like that big possession receiver is the only thing. I haven't uh, looked up and down the roster, but it seems like most of the receivers are the shorter, quicker guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, I think the future looks great for the Dolphins if Tua can stay healthy. And like what you just said, I mean, with the possession receivers and everything like that, I think that's where they're actually going to hurt a little bit with the, you know, Mike Jacecki leaving because he kind of gave him that presence in the middle that kept, you know, defenses from shading out to where. Yeah, yeah. They definitely took a step back there with, um, is it Smythe and Saubert that they brought in? So I think they definitely lost something there with Jacecki leaving. Well, it also didn't help with the fact that, you know, they they had to forfeit their first round pick because of the whole tampering thing. Yeah, that, that doesn't help. (laughs) <laughs> that was no. not that was not good. Yeah, but you know it's Miami, and you know they're going to do my, whatever Miami wants. But at the same time, I mean, with what they have and everything, depending on if Tua actually does, you know, stay upright, you know, I really do see them challenging for like, you know, number one for sure. I mean, so, it's the first time in it feels like a couple of decades since yes. they, the future was this bright for them. Yes, we'll just go ahead and say it since Dan Marino really. Mm-hmm. So, number three. Number three. The Jets have their savior, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. It has been 15 years since Brett Favre went to Broadway as an aging QB past his primes, and Rodgers the next follow up the act. New York has gone through five starting quarterbacks and invested three first-round picks with varying degrees of success and failure. Last year, they hit a methodical home run in drafting Garrett Wilson and Saul Garner, who had become only the third pair in league history to win both the Rookie of the Year awards for offense and defense. The offense should be vastly improved with the return of Bryce Hall, who is coming back after a knee injury in addition of Alan Lazard and Michael Hardman. Defense will be solid with talented pass rushing line led by Quinnen Williams and his 12 sacks and added another piece, Will McDonald, from Iowa State. Should the Jets make the playoffs for the first time since the Mark Sanchez was taking snaps? Man, this division, the top three teams are so close. It's so loaded. I mean, I think they are capable, which is crazy to say when you're talking about the Jets. You know, you're looking at the last 10 years of the Jets, just some bad, bad teams. Uh, obviously, the big news of the all season was A-Rod coming in, which, yeah. I mean, that, it, you knew it was coming eventually, but it just felt like it took forever to actually happen. But, I mean, he inst- instantly makes them a legitimate playoff threat to me. Uh, that kind of upgrade at quarterback, he still has a little bit left in the tank. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, they just signed Dalvin Cook to go along mm-hmm. with Brees Hall, I and mean, that's huge. Uh, just in case Brees isn't 100% start of the season. Uh, the wide receiver room is solid. You got one potential superstar in Garrett Wilson, but you also have him flanked by veteran Alan Lazard. Uh, Corey Davis is pretty lo- reliable. Uh, so good wide receiver group. Yeah, don't forget Randall Cobb. Oh, my God. How can you forget Randall Cobb? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like he's been in the league 20 years, too. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, the concern, just like with Miami, the offensive line wasn't good last year. And, you know, now you have an older quarterback that's not as mobile as he used to be. They did bring in a couple of free agents. Was it McGovern from, uh, I'm trying to Dallas. remember, from Dallas and then Tomlinson from San Francisco. So maybe those will be an improvement, you know, a little upgrade there. But they definitely need some better play all the offensive line. 
front seven is good, not great. I mean, I think obviously Quentin Williams is a stud, you know, yes. just perennial all, you know, all pro, I think for the next five, six years, uh, the secondary obviously is elite to me. You know, the sauce is the boss. He's back for a second year. Sauce. I mean, just a crazy good player, mm-hmm. you know, last year just stepped in like he was Jarrell Rebus or something, you know, it was like all in part two. So yeah, I mean, they gave up 6.4 yards per completion, uh, which is pretty impressive as a secondary unit. So, you know, I, I think they are right there with the dolphins. I mean, I, I have both of them just a little bit ahead of the bills right now. In my eyes, but yeah, I mean it's a young team, uh, a lot of talent. Obviously, the one older guy at quarterback, can he pull it together for one or two more years and just give them enough? You know, he doesn't have to be a superstar anymore. If he can just get the ball to the playmakers, you know, let them do their thing. Uh, I think this team definitely has a great shot at the playoffs at at minimum. And, you know, as far as like what you just said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is that guy. And, you know, one of the things I was talking to Seth briefly about uh, when we're in between takes is, you know, uh, the Hard Knocks, HBO Hard Knocks is actually with the New York Jets training camp right now. And, you know, I was a little bit hard on them and everything. I, I you know, figured that they would, of course, be better than their arch rival. But, you know, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, OK, these guys might make a good bit of noise this year. Mm-hmm. And. You know, of course, they got Garrett Wilson. You touched up on the receiving core and everything. They did draft a little-known rookie out of Old Dominion University named Zach Kuntz, who uh, last year had 40 uh, receptions for 1,060 yards and nine touchdowns. Wow. 6'8", 250 pounds, a very Rob Gronkowski-type body. Wow. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, no, he uh, he's definitely one of those that I've you know kept on my radar as someone to look at later in uh, what we're going to be dealing with later. And they also picked up uh, Joe Tipman, who was a center for Wisconsin last year, really good uh, center and everything like that. He should be able to actually insert himself into the starting lineup. And they're like you said, their offensive line last year. I mean, if you if you even read any of the stuff that I actually put out and everything, my draft, I had literally the Jets going with an offensive lineman throughout all three mocks. And then they turn around and get Will McDonald, who is a he has a his motor just keeps going. Yeah. And he's just a sack artist. I agree with the secondary. I still think the offensive line was a bigger need. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. And I mean they did get a couple good, you know, Average above average offensive lineman, and they shorted up a little bit, you know, and kind of like what we touched up on a little bit earlier with what happened with Carolina. Is the defensive line really that good, or is the Carolina Panthers' offense that sorry? Right, and it's a good question. It's it's just one of those deals, and I mean, they also got uh, Zaire Barnes from Western Michigan, who was the MAC Player of the Year on defense. So yeah, I think they've had a really good couple years of drafts. Yeah, you know, especially you know, last year. Yep. And just a little added bonus, folks, what I was talking about, the third pairing, the other two pairings, one was in 1967, Detroit Lions, uh, Lynn Barney, and I, I can't remember the running back's name, but Lynn Barney is a Hall of Famer. And then the last one was in 2018 with the Saints with Marcus Lattimore and Alvin Kamara, actually. Oh, yeah, I mean – I still don't think Garrett Wilson should have won the offensive rookie of the year, but uh, I think it should have been a low V, but you know, yeah. but you know, it's, 
it's okay. I mean, they obviously have a good future, just like the Dolphins, you know, a very bright future. Um, if Aaron Rodgers can just rub off a little bit on Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any hope for Zach Wilson, but I think with Aaron Rodgers, this is a playoff team. He's definitely doing a lot better this year, though. I mean, I saw some of the plays. I mean, in the Cleveland one, he was a little bit lucky with that one bomb on the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. But he definitely improved his play against Carolina. It can't hurt to be around somebody like Aaron Rodgers. That has to help a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what the Jets do this year. I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I know you're not. But, you know, it'll be exciting to see the Jets have a good team for once. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of crazy you said that because uh, Amy actually asked me when we were sitting there watching the Hard Knocks and, you know, she was like, now that he's no longer in Green Bay, you know, do you really care for him? And I said, well, it ain't that I didn't care for him. I hate the team that he played for. Right. I said, I've always kind of, I've always will respect his game. It's kind of like what Tom Brady did. You didn't really like the team he played for. But, I mean, I don't know about you. At oh, least. I hated Tom Brady. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to rate you as soon as I said it. I Even on like, Tampa Bay, I hated Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, you know. Moving on. Yeah. Got to talk about the other team. Is there another team? <laughs> Depends Patriots on how you look fans. at it. Last year was a mess as you had a defensive coordinator and a sorry one at that calling plays for your offense. Matt Patricia is now mercifully gone, and Bill O'Brien will be calling plays after a stint in coaching rehab at Alabama. Mac Jones will be returning to the offense as the number one, and because it is Brian Belichick, they brought in some vets for Jones III to and Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Secchi. They also brought in Ezekiel Elliott to pair with Ramonde Stevenson to make a two-headed monster in the backfield. On defense, Matthew Judon and Josh Oosh are both coming off career years in which they combined for 27 sacks. They re-signed Jonathan Jones and drafted Christian Gonzalez with the number one pick. Bill Belichick, like always, neglected to draft any specialty players until the sixth round, opting for linemen and special teams before going with Boutte with the 187th pick. I don't think the Patriots will challenge for a playoff spot this year, but do you think the Patriots are at least helping Mac Jones out and his pursuit to being a prolific passer with the addition of Bill O'Brien. Oh man, how times have changed. I mean, it's <laughs> it's weird seeing the Patriots, you know, kind of stuck in mediocrity the last few years. Uh, it's great. You know, it's kind of been since Brady left. You know, just good defense and bad offense. Uh, obviously, I don't think quarterback is the big problem, but I don't think they did enough to surround him with weapons. Uh, brought in some journeyman wide receivers, you know, like you talked about, but not explosive guys. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times I've drafted Juju and he's let me down. So I'm definitely not doing that again this year. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. <laughs> I'll probably pick him up along the way. But uh, yeah, I do like Stevenson. I think that's a, a little bit of an upgrade. He doesn't have, you know, great speed, but he's a really good running back. Uh, I would take him any, any day on my team. Uh Tied in, I think Jacecki is kind of a nice pickup. Uh, you know, having what was it, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, Janu Smith last Janu Smith, year, yeah. and I mean it. It, it was Didn't just a walk. fail experiment, and I mean Jacecki gives you the, at least that that presence in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a good, pretty good pickup. David Andrews leads a decent offensive line, not a great offensive line, but he's one of the best centers still in the league. Just tough as nails, uh, you know. So I don't think offensive line is a big problem, but. 
as always, Belichick's going to have a really solid defense, and that'll keep them in most games, you know, low-scoring games. Uh, other than Judon, I don't think they have a lot of explosive guys that can get to the quarterback on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, I think the secondary can be a real strength, especially after Adam Gonzalez in the first round. I don't think he's the, you know, like guy that's just like ready to step in immediately. But I think maybe halfway into the season, he can step in after getting some experience and be a really good mm-hmm. player for him. Agreed. And they brought back Jonathan Jones, who's a very dependable corner. So I think defensively, you're fine. You know, I think it's, is it Drod Mayo and then Belichick's son that kind of share the duties there. Right. And then coordinator wise, like you're talking about, that's definitely a step up when you go back to Bill O'Brien. I mean, I don't care who they went with. It would have been a step up. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the Patriots, you know, they're to me, like you were talking about, you don't want to be stuck in that mediocrity. You either want to be really good or you want to be bad and get some better draft picks. But for whatever reason, we talked about this the other day. I just don't feel like the Patriots go after playmakers. I mean, you brought in Zeke, who's kind of at the end of his career. Uh, you know, it just seems like they they talked about Hopkins for a while. They were flirting with Dalvin Cook for a while. You know, they ended up with neither one of them. So I, I just don't see enough explosiveness on that offense, you know, that's going to keep them in games or capable of beating teams like the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins. I mean, they're just in the wrong division to try to, you know, keep up with those offenses. So that's what I got. And, I mean, as far as Zeke goes, I mean, he was literally the cowboy riding off in the sunset. We thought. (laughs) He should have been. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's just one of those deals. I mean, like we were talking about, he had like 3.8 yards an average or something. Not even that, I don't Mm -hmm. think. And at times, I mean, whenever he was running behind it, what you would actually say is an above average to decent offensive offensive line. line, I mean, he looked like straight garbage. And, you know – I just don't get Bill Belichick. I mean, you you get rid, you let Jacoby um, Myers Myers go yep. to Oakland. the Raiders. Oh, Oakland, Las o- Vegas, Las Vegas, and I mean, you let him go, but you're like, hey, let me bring in Juju, who is an older version, a slower version of Jacoby, and everything's going to be gravy. I mean, to me, you're just self destructing, uh, yep. Mac Jones. I mean, he had a phenomenal year as a rookie. Uh, you know, led you to the playoffs, and since then y'all been literally garbage. And yep. it's just it's frustrating. I mean, granted, Pat's fans not really feeling bad for you. You had six Super Bowls. It's time for someone else to get it. And but when you see a team that is literally, and we're going to touch this up with one of the other questions. But I mean, to me. You know, you're pairing up. You got Ramondo Stevenson. You should have went and got Dalvin Cook. Don't know why he left New York headquarters. Same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, at this point, it feels like an ego thing. You wait until the sixth round to pick up a receiver, not just one, but two. You draft a punter and a kicker before you pick up a need that you're going to have to have before every fucking game. And you draft all these linemen. Like, literally, I looked at the list. You had 12 fucking picks. You pick up offensive linemen. You pick up defensive linemen. You pick up a kicker. Then you pick up a punter. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We forgot. We need a wide receiver. Wow, I like the passion you have on this it, one. It's just... it. It's, all dandies in the room. It's just asinine to me. I mean, you pick up a kicker in the fourth round from Maryland. I mean, come on. 
And then you go with Butte, who, uh, you know, like you said, can be a sneaky pick. I mean, dude. I mean, yeah, this time a year ago, Butte was one of the most talked about receivers in the country. And then he just tanked last year at LSU. I don't know if he was just already looking towards the league or what, but had some discipline problems, Mm -hmm. just didn't have a good year. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he can be that receiver that's explosive for him. But, yeah, I didn't like the draft, didn't like their free agency. Well, we're going to touch back up on it in a couple picks. But first, looking back at the 2020 uh, NFL draft, there were three quarterbacks that were taking in the first round. Now, of course, they didn't have their choice for getting Burrow, Joe Burrow. But they did have a chance to get in Justin Herbert because he was picked in the on the sixth pick where they picked Tua with the fifth pick. Do you think they are really looking back at this and saying we fucked ourselves? Getting Tua instead of Herbert? Yes. Uh I mean, I think overall Herbert's been the better quarterback. You want but, some stats? Uh, I mean, you can tell me some stats. I'm gonna <laughs> give you some stats. So out of the three quarterbacks, Herbert has outperformed both of them so far. I'm Herbert forty nine games 14,089 yards passing 94 touchdowns Joe Burrow is second 42 games 11,774 yards 82 touchdowns Hmm. a distant third Tua 36 games 8,015 yards 52 touchdowns well clearly by those stats they made the mistake (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think last season you saw a glimpse of what Tua can be. So, I mean, you think you still have to be excited as a Dolphins fan. I mean, that's three really good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think you're talking about, you know, going with uh, a guy that's, let's say, Mac Jones, for instance. True. You know, it's, it's three really good quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, Herbert clearly, stats-wise, the better quarterback. Uh, he's played a lot more. Tua's had injuries. So, yeah, maybe, maybe a, a slight... Uh, missed up, but I still think Tua's got a really good future. I think Tua has a really good future too, but the way I look at it is that you look at San Diego and you look at Miami, and they're two teams that are built very similarly. They have a very vertical game in their passing attack. They Mm -hmm. have small basically scat backs in the backfield with a running back committee, even though that really and truthfully San Diego leans a lot on Austin Eckler. And I mean, it you know, even before the draft, Devin, my nephew, you'll hear us comment on him sometimes on the show. You know, I remember talking to him one time and he could tell you a lot of people are like, in hindsight, you would say that. But I said this before the draft. I said, dude, I think y'all should really go for Herbert because at the time, too, was having issues with his his hip at the time. That's true. Before that, he had to have surgery. And even the year before that, he had to have surgery on his ankle. I said, those are already two red flags already for me for a quarterback. If I'm going to draft someone at with that high of a pick and invest that type of money into someone, I'm going to want to get someone that is 100 percent healthy. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think Herbert was a little inconsistent at Oregon. Mm-hmm. He obviously had the big arm, the size, but I don't think you look at his career. Uh, if he stacked his college career next to Tua, obviously Tua had the better college career. So, look at I mean, who he had. what's that? Look at who he had. Oh, yeah, obviously. He's surrounded by great players, but um, yeah. I, I, mean, I still he think. had Ruggs and Judy that were also drafted in the same class. Right. I mean, you know, they're both just really good quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, Herbert. Right now, looks like the better pick, but mm-hmm. the next big game, Herbert wins will be the first one. That's so, true, too. We'll see. 
And I mean, the only other uh, knock I have on really to personally is, you know, the fact that he's only played in 13 games tops in the three seasons that he's been here. And he's, yeah, I mean, your, your point's valid about the injury yeah. situation. I mean, he doesn't have the prototypical size that Herbert has. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Herbert and you're just like, yeah, that's like a God, you know, God type body for a quarterback. <laughs> if you like built one in the factory, that's what it would look like. So. <laughs> well, you know, I love me some Herbert. Yeah, I've had man. him on fantasy a couple yeah. times. I had him last year. You know, I mean, how how else are you going to look like a god and look like Justin Bieber at the same time? Yeah, I don't like his hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, uh, kind of Lily alluded a little bit up to what number six is, but uh, I kind of touched up on it a little bit with my little mini rant, and I think there's going to be another one coming up in a second. Mm-hmm. But as far as like what's going on with the England, do you think this is really more about Bill Chelix's a- ego and the fact that you know Brady probably helped him have a help build his legendary career as opposed to Belichick building Tom Brady's legendary career? Yeah, I think there was a lot of debate about that when he first left New England. But you know, clearly after Brady got that Super Bowl and the way things have gone. Uh, for New England, I think it's clear that Brady was, you know, more of the helping Belichick, you know, solidify his legendary status as a coach. So, I mean, I still think Belichick's a really good coach. I just feel like he refuses to adapt. You know, him and Nick Saban are so tight, uh, Saban being one of his pupils. Mm-hmm. I feel like Saban has done a better job of adapting, you know, along the way. You know, he kind of, at one point, it was just predominantly – Heavy run offense, three three runs, cloud of dust, put it over to defense, and then he started recruiting these big time quarterbacks and big time receivers, mm-hmm. and you know he just evolved. I uh, just feel like Belichick is too stuck in his ways. You know, just it doesn't seem like it's going to change. And me personally, like I kind of already ran it a little bit about it, but I did a little research on how many draft picks they actually did with specialty players in the first and second rounds mm-hmm. since he's been in New England, and. Truth of the matter, in either the first or second round, they only dressed, uh, drafted either a running back, a quarterback, or a receiver. 16 out of 51 times they had a chance to. Wow. Which makes up for about 31%. Mm. And I know that the old school methods is that you build in trenches and you run the ball and you put it on your defense. Now, Belichick has – when you have arguably – well, we won't even say arguably. When you have the greatest quarterback in – the history of the NFL. I mean, a man had seven titles. There's a reason, mm-hmm. you know, whatever he does, is going to make you look good. And For sure. I think in a lot of ways, when Brady left, there was a lot of hard, uh, excuse me, hard feelings that were done about it. We talked about this and, you know, at the same point, you know, Brady's now gone. Belichick's there. Now everyone kind of is like, okay, well, Brady was doing actually really well in Tampa Bay. Even his last season, he mm-hmm. did good. And you just kind of look back at Belichick like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely testing your patience as a Patriots fan right now. Uh, I mean, I don't see any way they can uh, win that division this season. And with three teams, I think, ahead of you, I don't see any way they can make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they don't have a chance, but just I don't think the defense is elite enough to where they can keep them in every game against those kind of offenses. So, yeah, I think they're in trouble this year. 
Yeah, I think they're in trouble next couple of years. I mean, especially when you're drafting a freaking kicker before you draft a position need and hey, a punter. They're going to have some great special teams, though. They're going to, oh, yes. I mean, Beamer Ball is up in New England, evidently. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when I did a little bit of research on this, I mean, the last, uh, the most notable first rounds was Benjamin Watson, Lawrence, Mar- Lawrence Mar- Mar- Maroney. Mm. Mm. Shoney Michelle, mm. <laughs> uh, McKinley Harry, mm. <laughs> and then Mac Jones, who, uh, but I mean, not a great track record. No, I mean, Benjamin Watson is, you know, probably the most accomplished yeah, out of those yeah. five, but those are the only first round picks he's used on specialty players. Mm. And it's wow. just like when you sit there and you actually think about it, you know, you're not really helping your, I mean, you had Brady. And you go from Brady to Mac Jones, poor guy, I had to follow the greatest one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not really doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised at the uh, the pick of Christian Gonzalez. I mean, I think he's a good player, but, you know, I think your secondary was already kind of a strength of your mm-hmm. team. So Especially why not go out there? getting Jonathan Jones back right before yeah, the draft. I mean, why not go out there and get your quarterback playmaker? I don't know. I mean, it's Belichick. It is Belichick. And that does it for this week's six-pack. Maybe next week I might make it a 12-pack. I'm not sure yet. Wow. But, I'll be here a long time. Well, <laughs> well I'll, I'll definitely trim it down, the introduction to each question. But uh, we'll figure it out because I know that the uh, football season is just around the corner and we got three more in the oh, predictions. Right. You'll run out of time. Oh, also, any predictions on this or you want to just wait? On the division? Day? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I really think it's going to be a fun division to watch. Uh, I think I decided to go with the Dolphins – as my number one team, uh, I'm going to go with the Bills at number two, really close between those two. I got the Jets number three. I just think that they're still so young, and offensive line worries me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think their defense is quite on the level of Miami's defense overall. So I give Miami the the uh, give Miami the edge on that one, and then obviously the Patriots uh, last. I still think they'll have a decent season, but. You know, maybe like eight and eight, or what do, what do they play? Seventeen games now. Yeah, maybe eight and nine. Yeah, I was, was going to say I see a sub five hundred season, and I see a early first round pick, probably top ten. But they need it. I mean, maybe they'll draft a playmaker next season. <laughs> they need to. Dear God, they need to. Anyway, the uh, one like just a bonus question. Uh, me personally, I I kind of agree with what you said. I'm going Dolphins, Bills, Jets, and Patriots, but I mean, do you think at some point Robert Kraft is going to be like, you know what, Bill, thank you, but you're not really doing it for me anymore in the next five years or so? Uh, I mean, I think really if they have a really bad season this year, I could see him possibly stepping away. I mean, it might be a little soon, but you know, I know the guy that's always ever done is coach football, so he might never leave. But yeah, if I was Kraft, if they have a bad season, I'd start to have some discussions for sure. Have a coming to Jesus moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're just going to fall farther behind if you keep this up. Yeah. It, it, it's just one of those things. I just, you know, you can't really have an ego on the sideline. So, anyway, that'll do it for this, I guess you would say, eight-pack this time. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back with the SEC Spotlight for Seth. Gather around, kids. We're at the campfire again. It's getting nice and hot in here. The sizzle is starting. 
Seth's SEC spotlight. Give it a toast, buddy. Oh, SEC. Uh, it's getting close. Only a couple weeks away, man. We got some games, not this weekend, but next weekend. I can't wait. Uh, so we got camp in full swing. Scrimmages have started. A little news came out this week, you know, as far as naming some starters at quarterback, uh, a couple guys that might be in trouble, a couple injuries here and there. Uh, so one of the bigger stories is Graham Mertz was officially named starter at, at Florida after transferring from Wisconsin. I mean, not a big surprise, but he is kind of the opposite of Anthony Richardson. You're hoping that he can not have the peaks and valleys uh, that Richardson had be a little more consistent passer, you know, a game manager, let that dominant run game do its thing. Uh, just not make many mistakes. I mean, Mertz, I think he had a pretty good last year, year last year at Wisconsin, two years ago, I was looking at his stats. He actually had 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Ooh. So you're hoping he doesn't revert back to that. Uh, but yeah, they don't have a lot to work with at Florida at quarterback. You know, they kind of lost a couple guys. One guy got kicked off the team. Uh, you know, one guy, I think, transferred. And then one guy backed out of a commitment last minute. So yeah, they're hoping Mertz, you know, can at least come in and just be solid. Uh, Alabama, it sounds like from insider reports that Jalen Monroe is in the lead for the starting quarterback, even though you have three options there. Uh, I think he's more of an athletic freak like Anthony Richardson. I mean, we saw some of him last year when uh, Young was hurt mm-hmm. and did a decent job, especially in that Arkansas game. Explosive runner. Uh, I think the guy has arm talent similar to uh, Tennessee's quarterback. So, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing if he wins the job. You know, maybe it could be a year kind of like, was it Blake Sims that Alabama had? Yes. Uh, you know, not not your typical quarterback, but the guy that can run and throw. Yeah. So well, Blake you know. Sims did all right. I mean, we it was the first year that we actually did the college football playoffs, and I mean, he took he got us there. Mm-hmm. It just we ran into a hot team in Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, I I think Bam wants to get back to the running game more so Definitely. than throwing it all over the place. Uh, so I think that'll be fine for them. Uh, all SEC wide receiver Juice Wells is still nursing a lower body injury, mm-hmm. missed a couple practices, a scrimmage. But according to Beamer, he should be back by week one. I mean, he's probably not going to tell you if he's not going to be back by week one. But Juice Wells was definitely a surprise last year coming from a smaller college, had a huge year. So they're expecting big – got to have big things from him. Kind of a bigger surprise that he actually stayed, too. Yeah, I mean, he could have gone pro for sure. But uh, came back, and I guess he's hoping to improve his stock even a little bit more. Uh, so a guy we talked about a couple weeks ago with the transfer portal, Denver Harris, the talented mm-hmm. LSU – transfer that came over from Texas A&M sounds like he's already back in trouble fight broke out at practice a few days ago uh you know just missed a couple practices missed the team photo so I guess you know looking at possibly suspending him for at least a couple games but that was a guy that's supposed to come in start at quarterback immediately you know just an uber talented guy huge recruit from a couple years ago uh Cooper Mays leader of the Tennessee offensive line center had a minor procedure uh, and could be out for about a month. Uh, he missed you know, some practice, missed scrimmage. He's not, you know, like a, I don't know, like a Georgia or Alabama center, but he's a steady guy, makes all the calls, and he's extremely important to the offensive line. So mm-hmm. that could be a big blow if it's something that extends even farther into the season. Especially a team with Tennessee where y'all basically throw the ball about 70% of the time. I mean, y'all are basically an air raid offense. Yeah, yeah, you got to have – a steady offensive line. Last year, the offensive line came through huge, but losing Wright, losing Carvin, I think that's the biggest concern right now for Vol fans is the offensive line. You know, it's just not 
not quite where it was last year. Maybe they can get there eventually, but right. if they lose Mays, that, that's definitely trouble. Uh, I mean, you know, I think Georgia, from all reports, it sounds like all three guys are getting plenty of reps. So, you know, mm-hmm. Kirby's not going to give anything away, but, you know, it, it seems like we know who the starter is going to be. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll officially name it probably the week before the game. But, you know, they got some more scrimmages coming up this weekend. Maybe they'll find out a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's getting really close and, there's some good games the first couple of weeks, so I can't wait to get started. That's what's up. And also, uh, one other thing you want to touch up on, you kind of brought it up to uh, the group chat, was uh, Alex Collins. Alex Collins, yeah, that was tragic. Uh, I guess it turns out it was a motorcycle wreck Yep, uh, down in Florida, mm-hmm. which uh, Alex Collins was just a beast Phenomenal. at Arkansas. I mean, didn't have a huge NFL career, but he had some solid years. I know he's with Seattle for a little bit. It was Baltimore before that and uh, kind of exploded its on the scene there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, yeah, absolute baller and really tragic. Uh, I hated to read the details of that. I mean, it first came out, I didn't know what had happened, but I think 28 years old, you know, just a Far SEC legend at Arkansas. So, you know, maybe not McFadden level, but when you think about like the second or third best Arkansas running back of recent mm-hmm. memory, his name definitely pops up. So yeah, I mean we'll have some more SEC news next week, but yeah, can't get wait, can't wait. And uh, also, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Untold. Uh, watch the uh, Johnny Menzel. Still uh, haven't watched it. It's a good Damn documentary, it. but they got another one coming up because you touched up on Florida a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got one coming up which talks about the whole Urban Meyer era. Oh with gosh. Aaron Hernandez called Swamp Kings or something like that. Jeez, he's probably um, some stories. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that one. Between him and Brandon Spikes out mm-hmm. there and Percy Harvin. Oh, my oh God. God. Uh, and, I mean, when you sit there and you look at their quarterback was Tim Tebow, I mean, it's <laughs> kind of like, well, now we understand why he had him. So, yeah. he needed some Jesus. Yeah. I mean, those teams, and they were so talented. But, God, some of the characters they had on those teams were just downright shady. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the Georgia Bulldogs now. Ooh. Zing! Oh, that's a shot. <laughs> Oh, hold up. Let me see if I get the right one. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, hopefully they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't turn it up. Yeah. Yeah, next week. What are we? What preview are we doing for the division next week? Uh, we'll probably go back down to the AFC South. Uh, we got two uh, rookie quarterbacks that are highly touted. We got some Anthony Richardson, of course. We got to talk about oh, yeah. him again some more. today. And uh, CJ Stroud. And plus, we, you know, we kind of want to – and Levis. I mean, he's there too, but he didn't really have that good of a le- – uh, of a uh, outing in the preseason. Yeah, but to be fair, none of them really did. So no, they didn't. I think really the only one that we really were like, hey, was you know O'Connell from Purdue. So yeah. But, well, Stetson had a pretty good game. He almost threw a couple picks, but it turned out fine. Yeah, uh, he still ended up with a couple touchdowns too. So you know everybody keeps overlooking Stetson, and he just keeps on winning. So I think he's I think he's going to be a solid player one day. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. he's already a solid player. But you know what I mean. Yeah, the one thing we didn't touch on was the World Cup. The huge disappointment. Oh, the women's team? <laughs> the women's team, yeah. which is actually, actually a couple of weeks ago, but we forgot to talk about it last week, yeah. dude. Well, also a lot of things on that. It, you know, I kind of wanted to just get away from that because Don't it get just, too political. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of people that were really happy about the fact they lost. And, I mean, it, it kind of sucks with, you know, that – Americans are sitting there like, man, I'm really glad that uh, I can't remember who they lost to, but a lot of Sweden. people, Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Dear God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was just, un- yeah. Well, one interesting thing. 
great sound effects tonight. <laughs> One interesting thing I saw, uh, you know, I don't do a lot of digging on stats with soccer, but uh, the previous two World Cups, they averaged 17 goals per World Cup. This one, they had a total of four goals through four games. Oh, So, yeah, they definitely need some fresh blood on that team. And they were definitely one. Of, I think from what I understand, they were one of the favorites to go for the gold. Oh, for so sure. They, they won the last two, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah huge disappointment. But, you know, maybe they'll get some fresh blood in there for the next one. I think they were getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, true. And, you know, especially with the politics and shit that always went around them. A great show, Matt. Yeah, good show. Yeah, and, uh, so next week we'll start talking about some other things. Here comes the thunder. And yeah, Seth's going to have to get out of here soon so he can get back home before the monsoon hits. <laughs> Happy night, everybody. Good night.